right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. And we've talked about it plenty of times. Coronavirus, the pandemic, uh, the crisis that's going around, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. But a lot of people have the mentality right now of everybody, let's, let's get together, let's work together and to achieve this common goal of beating this virus. Let's get together, not physically, but figuratively, help each other out and let's beat this thing together when we should have had that mentality always from the start. We work together, help each other out, all towards a common goal. And that is definitely our problem as, as human beings. But during this time, a lot of people are asking for prayer and to get prayed over, asking for healing. And so we say, talk to the preacher, uh, go to the preacher. And so they will go to the preacher and the preacher will say a lot of things and then they will follow what the preacher is saying. But, um, and I don't, and I'm not sad to bring it to you, but every preacher is not a true God sent preacher. And I think that's what our um, focus verse is talking about. Um, a lot of people say, God told me to do this. God told me to spread this message. And human emotion can definitely get us in trouble. We, we want to do something and we may even pray about it. And then we feel great about it. We feel happy. We feel motivated to do it. And then we feel like, man, God has definitely told me to do this. He definitely, he wants me to be happy, right? And that is true. God does want us to be happy, but not at the point where when it causes us to sin or to harm others. And a lot of people, like a lot of these preachers, they don't mean any harm because they don't know themselves. But it's up to, that's, it's up to us to actually get in this Bible and study, study, study. As you can see from the title, that's what we'll be talking about. Preachers running without the message. Welcome back to Joy in the Midst of the Storm, a program where we like to do live stream Bible studies week in and week out, uncovering another topic coming straight from the Word of God. And if you've been with us for a while, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in week in and week out every week. So without any further ado, I want to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks and we can go ahead and get started with tonight's message. Thank you, Melvin. As always, we like to start by saying a prayer first. Uh, if you guys can and will bow your heads with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to study your word, to grow closer to you. Lord, we thank you for how you continue to bless us, continue to shield and guide us uh, and, and protected us over the weeks. We thank you for how you brought us to another week, another Bible study. And we're praying that your word will go forth, Lord, that uh, you would increase and that I would decrease. Lord, we're praying that you would just open the eyes of your people and so that they could see your truth, so that we can all see your will for our lives and that we won't be rebellious to it, that we would follow you uh, with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And so, Lord, we're praying for all the people sick, going through hard times right now, or we're praying for the people being laid off. So many things happening in the world, Lord. We're praying for uh, each and every person out there uh, that we would continue to see that no matter what is happening in our life, that there is joy in the midst of the storm. And so, Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as Melvin already introduced, we're talking about preachers running without the message. And so, I won't talk long uh, before, so we'll just go ahead and jump into the focus verse. Uh, Jeremiah 23, and I think it was verse 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. This is the problem that goes on today. Uh, 
I'm talking about the preacher tonight, and it's, I'm a preacher, so I have a right to talk about preachers. Now, this is God talking, though. This isn't something that I came up with. God said, I have not sent these prophets. He hasn't sent everybody out here that's preaching. He said, I have not sent them yet. They ran. So often, people take it upon themselves to do certain things. We have a passion. We say, I like teaching people. I like God. I want to be a preacher. <laughs> we come up with so many things. My, my, my dad was a preacher. My mom was a preacher. I, I think I should be a preacher. So-and-so was a preacher, and I like the way they handled things. I like how they were over these people. We come up with all sorts of reasons why we want to do certain things, but we have to be called and sent by God. We have to stand in his counsel and learn of him. But I want to go back before we get too deep in Jeremiah 23. I want to go look at something that happened uh, in the book of 2 Samuel. see 2nd Samuel chapter 18 and we'll start at verse 5 I want to look at something that had excuse me something that happened with David now David was the king of Israel but now at this point the kingdom is divided between him and one of his sons Absalom and so I want to see I want I want to read here and see what happens with David and his son. So we'll start at verse 5 here. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Nittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. Now he's talking about his son. They're about to go to war. He's got his army. Uh, and they're going to go to war and fight against his son, who is uh, taking over the other part of Israel. So now he wants them to not kill his son, though, because he still loves his son. Even though his son has come against him, he still loves his son. All right. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. And everybody heard it. All right. So the people went out into the field against Israel and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim. Now they're fighting in the woods. All right where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David, and there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. 20,000 people, all right. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people th that day than the sword devoured. He <laughs> said more people died from the woods themselves than even by the sword, all right. And we'll see one that died by the wood, all right. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under, under the thick boughs of a great oak, and the head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. Now, it happened before he could even see it coming. God has a way of working things out. So he was riding the mule, and he was caught between the heaven and the earth, hung him. The mule ran, and, he, and, and Absalom was the one that got hurt. He was hung right there. He got caught. All right. And the, mule, and the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Mm -hmm. And 
And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? Now Joab is the chief of David's army. Joab's been with David for a long time. Joab was the one that helped him uh, uh, kill Uriah when he when David desired uh, Beersheba. And so Joab's been with David for a while now. And we know, and all the people know, that they heard David tell uh, his three chiefs, his three generals, whatever you want to call them, three captains of his armies. He told them, look, don't kill Absalom. But as soon as Joab finds out that Absalom has been hung in this tree, he, he asked him, he said, why didn't you kill him? What, why didn't you do it? All right. And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. Mm -hmm. And the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in mine hand, yet would I not put forth mine hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king charged thee and Abishai and Entai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man Absalom. Now this man, he wanted to obey what the king said. All right. Otherwise, I should have brought falsehood. I should have wrought falsehood against mine own life. For there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself wouldest have set thyself against me. Mm -hmm. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. He said, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I'm not trying to hear all of this. All right. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom, which he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. So Joab proceeds to kill David's son. All right. And ten young men that bear Joab, Joab's armor passed about to smote Absalom and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, where Joab held back the people. Mm -hmm. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him, and all Israel fled, every one to his tent. Drop down to verse 19. Then said Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, let me now run and bear the king tidings, how that the Lord had avenged him of his enemies. Now we find here, someone wants to be a messenger for the king. Now, we know the king. Now, we're talking about the true king. The true king is Jesus Christ. David was in the position at this time, but we know Jesus Christ. He was born king of the Jews. And he is our king today. And so we find here a young man volunteer himself. He said, let me go and tell this message. That's all the preacher does today. He carries the message of God. That's all the preacher's job is. The preacher's job. My job is not to add something that I like, something that sounds good to Tony. My job is to tell you what God said, what thus said the Lord. And so Ahimaaz, he says, let me run and tell the king Titan. David's going to want to know what happened here. He wants to tell the king, all right? And Joab said unto him, thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. He said, look, today... You don't, need to, you don't need to run and tell anything today. You can do that a different day. He didn't tell him he couldn't do whatever. He said, just wait. 
Do it a different day. All right. Then said Joab to Cushy, go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushy bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Now, he talked, Joab then instructs another. He told him as no and talked to Cushy and told him, he said, you go tell him what thou hast seen. Uh, I'm reminded of, uh, I believe it was John. He said, we testify that which we have seen and do speak that which we do know. And so he tells Cushy to go and tell what he has seen with his own eyes. All right. Then said Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, but howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushy. And Joab said, Wherefore would thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings? He dread? said, You ain't got nothing to tell. <laughs> he said, You don't have anything to tell. But this man continued to be persistent. He said, Let me run too. Let me go and carry the king's message. We want to go carry the message. So many preachers today want to carry the message for God, and yet they don't have any tidings to tell. They don't have any good news to bear. This is the issue that's happening in the world today. So many preachers are running, but they don't have the message. So we find here, this man said, look, let me run. He continued to act. Let me run also. I, I know you sent somebody else. I, I already know you said, but I just I want to go. I want to do this. All right. But howsoever uh, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, run. Then the Himes ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushy. <laughs> he ran past the one that actually had the message. That's the preachers today. Those that don't even bear the true message of God, they outrun the preachers that do have the message. They're out speaking them. They're talking over them. Their messages are broadcast. You can see them all over Facebook. You can see them all over YouTube. You can see them all over the Internet. You can see all the, the cars parked at their churches. Outrunning the true messenger, the one that actually does have the message because these are the people that we want to hear. He told us in the last days, people would have itchy ears. We want to hear a certain thing. And so, Ahimez, he outruns Cushy, and he doesn't even have any title. This is what Joab told him. He said, you don't have anything to tell. What you, what you going to tell? You don't have any tidings. So what message are you carrying? But he, he persists. He said, let me run. He said, go ahead and run. Just, just run. <laughs> I'm reminded this happened. Uh, a similar thing happened when uh, uh, Balaam, when uh, messengers came down to him, when, when servants of the king came down to him and told him, to curse the children of Israel. He went to God. And God told him. He said no. And so. These messengers. The, the servants of the king. They said look. Come back with us. Just come stay with us for a while. And God told him. He said don't go. He said no. Because I don't want you to curse the children of Israel. 
And so because they brought all of this money down there, <laughs> money changes things. Because they brought this money, he said, you know what? Let me go see what more God has to say. Because God, I think God's going to say something differently this time. God doesn't change. He said, let me go back and see what more God has to say. And God told him, he said, go ahead. Just go. Go. He didn't want him to go. Nevertheless, he said, go ahead and go. Because he was going to do it anyways. And so, we find Joab do the same thing here. He said, go. He, he, he didn't want this. He didn't want Ahimez to go. We saw that because he told him, he said, you don't have any tidings to bear. He said, you can go a different day after you have a true message. But because he was so zealous, because he was so passionate, persistent, he's outrun the one with the message. Let's find out what happens here. And David sat between the two gates. And the watchman went up to the roof over the gate unto the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man running alone, mm -hmm. alone. And the watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. Surely there has to be a message that this man is going to give. This is Ahimaaz. That's what we're saying when we go to the church. Surely God is speaking through that young man. Surely God is speaking through that young woman. God has to be in them. I can see just the way that they're running. I see how hard they run. I see how uh, how hard they're working. I see the nice church that they worked so hard to build. I see the congregation. I see the, the programs that they put on, the nice suit that they're wearing. I see how this person has went. They went to seminary school. This person running hard here. <laughs> oh, God, help us. But so... The king said, David here, he said, look, he has to have a message in his mouth. He's running alone. That, that denoted a messenger during this time when they saw someone running alone. All right. And the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called unto the porter and said, behold, another man running alone. And the king said, he also bringeth tidings. He said, he got to have a message too then. All right. And the watchman said, me thinketh. Me thinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimez, the son of Zadok. Now, this is how God does things. The, the watchman here, he recognized Ahimez. He said, look, I think that's Ahimez right there. He's a little far away, but I, I can see him. That's Ahimez. And look at what the king says about him. And the king said, he is a good man and cometh with good tidings. <laughs> That's what we're saying about the preacher. Oh, he a good man. He ain't got no message. I'm, gonna be, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sad to tell you. He doesn't have a message. He's a good man, though. I'm not debating that. But he does not have the tidings. She does not have the tidings that God truly wants to be bared. Good person, though. They are a good person. He looked at Ahimez and he said, David said, look, oh, that Ahimez. Oh, yeah, I know him. That's a good man there. He's a good man. All right. And Ahimez called and said unto the king, all is well. 
And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the, the men that lifted up their hand against my Lord the king. He said, God has delivered us out of those people's hands. All right. And the king said, is the young man Absalom safe? Now the king said, let's get down to business though. I want to know about the message that you come to bring. I, it's good that you said God has delivered us. I've heard that all the time. You go to the church and the preacher said, God's going to deliver you. God is going to bless you. God is going to do so many good things for you. We get motivated. We stand up on our feet. We jump and shout. We get some exercise for the day. You, you can skip the gym because you already got a sweat in. But now, when it's time to truly hear what God has to say, David said, all right, tell me about Absalom, though. Is he yet alive? All right. And Ahimez answered, when Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult. But I knew not what it was. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, look, I seen a lot of commotion. I seen a lot of stuff going on, but I don't quite know what happened. I, I can't really tell you if he's alive or not. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And yet this man wanted to run and tell a message. This is the world that we live in today. God told us in the book of Jeremiah 23, 20, he said, I haven't sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not sent them because we'll read down in verse 22. He said, if they had have stood in my counsel, they would have had something to tell. They would have known how to deliver my people. So Ahimez here, the king said, is Absalom still alive? Is he safe? How is Absalom doing? Because that was what I told you guys to do in the first place. He said, don't hurt him. So Ahim, <laughs> he said, look, I seen a lot of stuff going on. I mean, people were getting killed left and right. God was moving in the midst of your people. But the king said, I understand that. Is Absalom yet alive, though? Is he still alive? How, is he safe? Is he okay? He said, I don't even know. Look at what the king tells him. And the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. That's what, that's what the preachers need to do today. God needs you to turn aside and stand still. Be quiet. We have to get back into his counsel so that we can understand his message. All right. And behold, Cushy came and Cushy said, Tidings, my lord, the king, mm -hmm. but the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. Now he says the same thing. He said, look, God has delivered your people. All right. And the king said unto Cushy, is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushy answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all that and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. He said, that man's dead. He's hurt just like the other people are. They, he, they're dead. With the, I believe it was 20,000. 
I don't remember exactly. We just read it, though. But I believe it was 20,000. He said he's dead along with him. He's numbered in that 20,000. So we find here two messengers, one that, that Joab sent and one that he didn't. He told him to run. I know somebody said, oh, he told him to run. Yeah, he did. He didn't want him to go, though. So we find one messenger. Now, these were messengers for the king. And as I already said, Jesus is the king today. We still have this same problem today. Preachers running. That's all the preacher is. He's a message carrier. He's running. Trying to carry glad tidings of great joy. Trying to carry the message of Christ. But we have preachers running and they don't have the message. When you start asking them questions, they can't tell you. They say, look, I know Jesus Christ died. That's all they can tell you, though. He died for your sin. Everybody knows that. There has to be more. There has to be more. So, there is a problem that God has with his church today. And that's where we find Jeremiah 23 and 20. Or excuse me, 23 and 21. For this reason, God had to tell us there is an issue going on today. And we won't be able to go to all the places. Uh, <laughs> time won't allow me to go to all the places that I really want to go to. We might have to cover this another time. But in our, Jeremiah 23 and uh, 21, let's read 21 again. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. God said, I hadn't sent these people, but they running and outrunning the people that I did send. I mean, they running from this country to the next country, across sea, oversea, undersea. I mean, in the sky, other planet, they, they running everywhere, telling a message and they don't even know it. They have not seen. He told Cushy, go and testify. He said, go and tell what you have Seen. John told us, we testify that which we have seen. The man Ahimez, he hadn't seen anything. He said, I seen a great tumult. I seen a whole lot of controversy. I seen a whole lot of action going on. A whole lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of people out there. I don't know what was happening. And yet, he's the one that wanted to run and tell the message. That's the preacher today. So many of us want to be preachers and are preachers out telling a message and don't even know it. God has an issue with this. He said, I hadn't sent these prophets. I hadn't spoken to them. And yet they run around saying, I told them. All right. But if they had stood in my council and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil of their doings. If we stay in the counsel of God, that's what that's what Joab tried to get Ahimez to do. He said, "Look, go and look, go tell tidings a different day. Today, though, don't 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 leave. Stay here. Stay in my counsel." That's all he tried to tell him. 
Many are called, few are chosen. He didn't tell the boy he couldn't do it, ever. He just said, look, just wait. That's what God is telling his preachers today. Stay in my counsel. Learn of me. Learn my word before you try and run and tell somebody else. Truly understand my word. Stand in my counsel. And if we are to do that, we would cause his people to turn from their wicked ways, to know how to truly be saved. Because majority of people in this world don't truly understand salvation. We've been taught by preachers not bearing a message, a true message, that is. They say, all you got to do is just say you believe in Jesus Christ. That's what the pre that's what the, the messenger that God did not send, that's what he told you. I know what he told you. I've heard it too many times. He said, all you got to do is just say it with your mouth one good time. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus Christ to enter into my heart. Something along those lines. That's what he told you. He said, raise your right hand and repeat after me. Say this sinner's prayer. And from this moment, you got nothing else to worry about. I know that's what the messenger told you. He was running without a message. He had no message. But if he were to go back, if she were to go back and, and stand in the counsel of God, we'll find the true message. We'll find out what it truly takes to be saved because that's what we want. Uh, Jesus told us in one place, he said, they be blind leaders of the blind. The people don't know and the messengers don't know either. <laughs> blind leading the blind. And he said, they're both falling to a ditch. They're all in trouble because they have chosen to listen to a messenger that's running without the message. So God said, Stand in my counsel. David, he told him as he said, look, stand to the side. You don't know nothing. Stand, stand, just stand to the side. He's a good man, though. It's not that he wasn't a good man. And that's what that's what I find so often when I talk to people today. They say, oh, he a good person. You mean tell me they don't know what they're talking about? No, God told you they don't know what they're talking about. God said this. God said his his prophets, they're ignorant. I, I want to go get that before. Uh, if I can remember where that's at. Uh, Isaiah 56 and 10. Uh, this is what God has to say about his preachers, his prophets, those that are running and not carrying the true message. So you said 53 or 56? 56. 56. Isaiah 56 and 10. This is the problem that God has with the prophets today. Those that are saying, I'm the priest. I, <laughs> I'm an apostle. Saying all kind of stuff. And God said, I didn't send them. They ran and I didn't send them. So we're going to look at Isaiah 56 and 10 here. His watchmen are blind. Now, Jesus came and echoed this same thing. He said, they be blind leaders of the blind. Here, Isaiah tells us words of the Lord. His preachers, they don't know what they're talking about. They blind. Mm-hmm. They are all ignorant. They don't know. They're ignorant. Ignorance, it simply means you don't know. You just do not know. Now, they're going to tell you they do know, though. 
They're going to say, I seen a great tumult. I seen this happen. I seen that happen. And God said, they didn't see anything. All right. They are all dumb dogs. Mm -hmm. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Now, God said, I didn't, Tony didn't say that. God said that his, these preachers are dogs. They're dumb dogs. They can't speak. They don't know what to say. Because they're saying a lot of words, but not saying anything at all. Paul talked about it in one place. He said a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass, making a whole lot of noise. That's what we, <laughs> that's what people call having church. They say he showed preach that message. All he did was, uh, all he did was make a whole lot of noise up there. A tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. All they doing is running, not carrying a message. This is God talking about the false prophets. Because somebody has to wake God's people up. Somebody has to tell God's people, these things are not so. If you truly want to be saved, we have to truly receive the true message of God. So, he says, his watchmen are blind, alright? Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They have no understanding themselves. With all thy getting, get. And understanding. It means nothing if God's messenger doesn't have an understanding of the message. How can I give you a message that I don't even know? How can that happen? This is what God is trying to tell his people. But we have to be willing to hear. I know you've been sitting under Bishop Jones for 30 years. I understand. But does Bishop Jones have the message? Has he told you about the baptism in Jesus' name? Because I don't know if we're going to have time to get it, but we might need to make some time. We find preachers in the New Testament. Somebody said, oh, I got a problem. They want to read in the Old Testament. That's Old Testament stuff. I can show you in the New Testament. We can go to every testament you want, and you still ain't going to do it. So, if we find, we can find Apollos in Acts chapter 18. We may get that in a few minutes. In Acts chapter 18, the man Apollos, a messenger, he's running, carrying the message of God. He's trying to. The scripture tells me he was an eloquent man. He was mighty in the scripture. The man even <laughs> did some learning. He must have went to school. And yet, the Bible says he only knew the baptism of John. It wasn't going to save nobody. Nobody was going to be saved if they died and only been baptized under John. It wasn't enough. Because the Lord Jesus said, except a man be born again of water and of spirit, he can't enter. So, the words of Jesus declares you must be baptized in his name. That's the words of Jesus. I'm going to bring the message to you. But Apollos was a preacher and he was not telling people that they needed to be baptized in Jesus name. Why? Because he didn't even know himself. He wasn't even baptized in Jesus name. How could he tell somebody else a message that he didn't know? And so <laughs> some saints came down. They said, hold on, man. What, what, what you talking about? We must be baptized. They had to tell him. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. They said, we'll declare unto you a more 
perfect way. We're going to tell you the way of the Lord. And so we find in Acts 19, Paul, he comes down and finds people that Apollos has taught. That's what I'm trying to do every day. Talk to people who have been taught by preachers who didn't have the true message. So Paul comes down and he said, look, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, man, we never even heard of it. <laughs> Paul said, until what then were you baptized? He said, who baptized y'all people? Who, who, who baptized you? Because someone, this preacher, he should have told you the message. But yet he was out here running without the message. All he had to do was stand in the counsel of God. And I thank God that he chose to because once he found out, he adhered to it. So somebody out there tonight, you may never have heard of the baptism in Jesus' name. You may say, I was baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you now, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to work. We must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We must receive the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues because that's what the scripture declares. So, if you have family members that have not done this, that's what we have to work on. It's not to say that they're, go they're, they're damned and going to hell. They have an opportunity while there's still breath in them. This is words of salvation. This is a chance to get right. That's why God's allowing all these uh, sicknesses and, and, and uh, famines and so many things going on in the world, natural disasters, things burning, tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, tsunamis, whatever it is that's happening in the world, whatever will happen, God's allowing that so we can hear his word, so we can focus on his word to hear his message. So he says, look, they're greedy. I heard a message one time. It said, watch them dogs. <laughs> the preacher, they're greedy. I, you know, this reminds me. I seen a video the other day, and I'm trying not to spend too much time on this. I seen a video the other day. It was a preacher who had been accused of some things. I'm not trying to get into that. I don't have anything to do with that. He was accused of some things. And now this is what I found. I mean, it was... It was sad and funny at the same time just to see how far these people will go. This man, now this is a black guy. He was talking on stage. They were at church. And he said he was talking about how uh, the black culture wanted to apologize to him. And I'm already saying, what, what is he talking about? He said the black culture wanted to come up and apologize. So I watched as about 15, 20 people, they walk up to the stage. <laughs> oh, Lord. A lady begins to talk first. And she's talking, and you can barely hear it. He said, hey, turn her mic up. Didn't we already discuss this? Oh, y'all already went over this, huh? <laughs> it was scripted already. <laughs> so the lady begins to talk, and she begins to apologize and talk about how sorry they are and how much... Uh, he's the person that God sent to deliver them, this and that. And so a man begins to talk after her. And he begins to apologize and say this uh, along the same lines as the lady was saying. And then it gets to the point where he raises his voice and he begins to 
fake cry. I, I can't believe we did this. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to hear the video. It's, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time because this is deception. This is people running and not carrying a message at all. And then you notice in the video, now this is on stage in a church. In the video, someone behind the man, now this only happens when the man's voice rises and he begins to cry. This only happens when this man's voice rises. He begins to cry, fake cry now. He ain't no tears coming out of his eyes. He raised his voice and not a drop came out. Somebody behind him does this. They motion over. And then all the people get on their knees. They bow down to this man on stage. Now, I'm reminded of Peter. <laughs> he went inside Cornelius' house. Gentiles, non-Jewish people. He went inside their house. They, they began to fall on their knees. He said, look, stand up. What are you doing? <laughs> Worship God. Don't do that to me. I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm just a man just like you. This is the world that we live in. Preachers are running, hallelujah, and not carrying a message of God. It's nothing but deception going on. False prophets all around the world. And these are the people that we're watching their videos. We've seen cursing pastors all over Facebook. I know y'all out there have seen it. We see so much blasphemous things happening. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to call out. The false prophets. Somebody has to awaken people sitting under these false prophets. And so God says, look, they're greedy dogs. They're ignorant. They don't know anything. They have no understanding. They're scripting church. They said, we already went over this. All right. I don't remember where I was in this verse. So I'm start, start over. Off. Yay, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his gain from his quarter. Everyone. They're greedy. They're all going their own way. It's no coincidence today that if you look around the world, you got a preacher in the Baptist church. They say, I'm Baptist. You got a preacher in the Methodist church. He said, I'm a Methodist and I'm proud about it. You got the priest in the Catholic church. He said, look, this is the way God said everybody in their own way. God is not the author of confusion. He didn't start 20,000 different uh, denominations. God didn't start that. That's people running, the preachers running with a message. <laughs> and it ain't the message from God. They said, look, God told me to tell you. That you need to be a Catholic. God told me to tell you that you need to be this denomination. You need to be that. That's what God told me to tell you. But God said, I didn't say that. They prophesy falsely in my name. Let's go back. Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 23. We're going to start again at uh, verse 21. Because we have so many prophets running and God didn't send them they, they're carrying a message it ain't the true message they're carrying a false message, message a message of the enemy Satan has uh, <laughs> Satan has preachers I know you may never have heard of that we might have to get that verse too alright 
Uh, verse 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. God said, I didn't send all these people. I, I didn't tell them to go and start 50,000 churches. I, I didn't tell them that. There's no way. If you just sit back and logically think, I mean, you don't have to have a, an understanding of the Bible. You, you, you can never have read the Bible before a day in your life. There's no way you can tell me that God has ran across the street to uh, the non-denomination church. And he said, I want you to teach this. And this is how people are going to be saved. And then he runs across the street to the Presbyterian church. And he said, I want you to teach something completely different from the man across the street. What kind of God is that? Well, I don't want God playing with me because I'm not going to play with him. God ain't playing with people today. He's serious. He's serious about his business. He's not telling us 50 different things. That's not the God that we serve. So we find people ran. They running with a message that God never gave them. They don't have the message of God. So he said, they ran and I didn't send them, all right? But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Mm -hmm. Am I a God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God afar off? Mm -hmm. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Did not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Mm -hmm. I have heard what the prophet said, that prophecy lies Prophecy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. They said so many things to people today. Only for filthy lucre. Only so we can take people's money. I was talking to a preacher one time, and he told me how he was in church. I don't remember all of his exact words, but he was in church, and... The man told him to give $1,000. I think it was $1,000. And he made it up in his mind. He said, well, I don't have $1,000 to give. He said, it's okay. The preacher, said, <laughs> the preacher said, it's okay. Just give $333. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can implement some payment plans. Don't worry about it. We go, we're going to do payment plans for you. See, God wants you to sow your seed because if you if you give this money, God's going to bless you. It, it's just like when you get on Facebook. I know you've seen it before. You're on Facebook now. When you get on Facebook, they say, look, share this post and God's going to bless you in 20 seconds. Uh, Lord, send this to 15 people and God, he's going to move. <laughs> he's going to move. I haven't seen that message yet. I don't know where they come up with this. I know it didn't come from God, though. If you don't share this post, you don't love God. <laughs> uh, the preacher's running without a message. God said, I didn't send these people. I, I didn't tell them to say this. They're, they're telling lies. The Bible tells me all lies shall have their part in the lake of fire. Every liar, whether you're a preacher or not. All right. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophecy lies? The day that, till the day they die. Because he already told us majority of people in this world will be lost. Why? Because they love lies more than the truth. We know today we have to be honest with ourselves. We know today we love hearing easy words, soft words. Somebody to lie to you and tell you 
Look, you ain't you ain't doing nothing wrong. You you okay just the way you are. God loves you just like you are. That that's what we want to hear. We don't want somebody to tell us, look, God is disappointed in you right now. He there's some things he's calling for you to do that you keep putting off. You know there's some things you're doing wrong. You know you lying to people. You know you're stealing. You know you 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 know you're fornicating. You know you're uh uh being drunk all the time. You know you're committing all these sins. You know that. But we don't want to hear that. <laughs> we want to run to the preacher that's not going to tell us that. The false prophet. The preacher that's going to tell you, look, all you got to do is just confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross. You can keep drinking every night. You can keep Commit fornication every night. You still gonna be saved. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that's not true. Jesus came to save us from sin. The Bible said. The Bible declares he came to save us from sin. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not the the world's most intelligent man. I'm, I'm not. I don't have the highest Q, uh, highest IQ. Excuse me. Out of every person in this world. But I do know. If somebody wants to save me from something. That means they don't want me to get it. If I go to the doctor. And let's say hypothetically. I have coronavirus. And they say we're going to do our best. To save you. <laughs> now let me ask you. Because I know some of y'all out there. Feel that you're smarter than Tony. Let me ask you. Do they want me to die? Do they want me to continue having coronavirus? Or do they want to take it away from me? I feel that's pretty easy to understand. They want to take it away from me so that I don't die. That's what saving someone from something is. Taking it away from them. So Jesus told me. That he came to save me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise to the most high. He said he came to save me from my sin. So Paul said, how can I live any longer therein? How can I continue living in sin? Because God said he came to save me. He sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to die on the cross to save me. But I said, no, no, no. I want you to save me, but I'm going to hold on to the coronavirus. No, he didn't. No. That, it doesn't work that way. If the doctor doesn't take the coronavirus from me, I can't be saved. I'm going to die. So, friend, think about it for yourself. Don't get mad at the true message of God. If God wants to save you from your sins, he has to take them away from us. We have to be willing to let them go. We can't continue to say, well, I know everybody just ain't going to do right. We got to try. I'm not saying you ever are going to not make a mistake. That's not what I'm saying. Tony makes mistakes. But we have to try not to. We can't plan to make a mistake. Well, I already know I'm going to mess up tonight. I already know it. But I'm, I'm going to apologize tomorrow. You might not wake up tomorrow. You might, not, you might not live the second after. 
So Jesus came to save us from this, to take it away from us. Paul said, how, how can we continue to live in sin? We're supposed to be born again. So God says, how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophecy lies? And how long are we going to continue to listen to them? Will you allow the false prophet to cause you to go to hell? I pray you don't. But Jesus told us, he said, they be blind leaders of the blind. He said, they'll both fall into the ditch. They'll both be lost because they don't know where they're going. They can't see. All right. Yeah, they are prophets of, of the deceit of their own heart. They prophesy out of their own heart. That's why we have so many churches today. The prophets have divided God's people. God doesn't want us divided. We're so much stronger when we're all together. Paul told us in one place, he said, let us all follow the same rules. It ain't like your job. See, at your job, your boss and the boss's family, and also it extends to people that they like, they have certain privileges. They have certain rules that they can follow. <laughs> Certain rules that they can break. But if you break them, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You better not be late. But the boss, their family and people that they like, they can show up when they feel like it. They don't even have to show up. It's not going to be a problem. But you better not show up late too often. You'll be kicked out of there. Not everybody's following the same rules. But in God, he said, we all need to follow the same route. We're all equal. We all are on the same level. And that's the world that God wants us to live in. He wants us to be equal. So how come that doesn't apply to his church? We all should be following the same rules, teaching the same things. All right. Which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. We forget the name. And part of the reason is because we don't even know the name. I want to go get this. And we, we've been all over the place tonight. But I want to go to Acts the 18th chapter. Because the name of God is so important. And this is the message that God needs someone out there to know. If you don't hear anything else that I say tonight, I pray that you take heed to this. Acts the 18th chapter. Let's look at verse 24 here. We're going to wrap it up after this. We're going to go to 19 after this. Chapter 19. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Now, this man wasn't a dummy. The Bible declares he was mighty in scriptures. Now, he was in Ephesus. Remember that. That's key. He was in Ephesus. Ephesus is the place that we see Paul write to and call the book Ephesians. Same thing. Same place. So, this man, Apollos... He was mighty in scriptures, all right? This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, 
and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and talked diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Now, this man, he was running. He was running. Believing himself to be carrying the message of God. Just like, <laughs> never mind. He's running, believing himself to be carrying God's message. Believing himself to be teaching the things that it takes to be saved. That's what he's believing. All right. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. They had to tell him the baptism in John. That ain't enough. Now, somebody said, it don't even say that here. Flip over to Acts 19. <laughs> somebody said, it didn't even say that. Uh, Lord help us. Now we're going to flip over to 19. This is why it's important to study. Let's read verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth. Still dealing with Apollos. Now he was a preacher. It just told us he was speaking boldly in the synagogue. The synagogue was uh, what they considered to be churches during this time. He was speaking boldly. Telling the people, look, all the things that he knew. But he didn't have... The full message, all right? Uh, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. We're going to find somebody that actually has the message of God. See, Paul has stood in God's counsel. He has truly heard the words of God. He knew what he was talking about. So we're going to see Paul come into contact with some of the disciples that came underneath Apollos. Now, remember, Apollos, he only knew the baptism of John. He didn't know about the baptism in Jesus' name. He didn't know about it. So many people today have not been baptized in Jesus' name. They said, if your, if your preacher, if he said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, he did not baptize you in Jesus' name. That's what we're going to see here. So he talks to these disciples, all right? He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Mm -hmm. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Paul said, Have you received the Holy Ghost? I'll ask somebody out there today, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Since you have received Christ into your heart, have you received the Holy Ghost though? Have you received it? Do you know how you receive it? These are questions that Paul asked so if Paul asked them, I should be allowed to ask them. I'm a preacher just like Paul was. I'm not an apostle. I don't know as much as Paul. But this much I do know. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we never even heard of it. Apollos never told us about this. <laughs> he never told us about this Holy Ghost stuff. It's the same way today. Some of these things that we're going to see if you stay tuned in to this program. You say, I never heard about that. My preacher never taught me that. Stay tuned. We're going to make sure that you receive the full message. See, Ahimez, he had a part of the message. He had a part of it. Notice him and Cushy said the same thing. They said, look, God has delivered us. They both told that part. But there were some things Cushy could tell the king 
that Ahimez couldn't. Even though Ahimez, he was a good man. Don't, not taking anything away from him. He was a good man. He didn't have the message though. So, Paul says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we never heard of it. Apollos never told us. All right. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Mm -hmm. And they said, unto John's baptism. He said, how'd you get baptized? See, I ask people all the time, how'd you get baptized? People get offended. Friend, get mad at Paul for going around asking people how they were baptized. Get mad at God for allowing this to be in the scripture because God's concerned about your baptism. God's concerned about you receiving the Holy Ghost. This is the true messenger of God. He's concerned with your salvation. It's not to fight you. It's not to belittle you. This is to make sure that the, at the end of your life that you're saved because that's what we want to happen. We don't want you to run in vain. We don't want you to do all of this in Christ for him to say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I know you're not because you didn't do what I told you. I sent prophets. I sent preachers. I sent all these people to tell you, but you didn't listen. So Paul said, look, excuse me. They, they told Paul we were baptized by John. All right. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. Paul said, that ain't enough. That was okay back in that time before Jesus died. That was okay. But now that Jesus Christ has died, shed his blood, rose again the third day, and now he's ascended and sitting on the right hand of the Father, sitting in power. Now, that ain't enough. This is the day that we live in. Saying Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It ain't enough. Because let's look at how Paul baptized. I trust Paul way more than the person at, at New Zion, at New Bethel. I trust him way more than the person that's at St. Saint, Saint Calvary. I trust Paul. Because he's seen the Lord. So, look at verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They got rebaptized in the name of Jesus. It's important. It's that important to be rebaptized, making sure we get baptized in the name of Jesus. It's important. All right. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, Paul knew what to do. So after they were baptized, he said, we need to pray for you guys so that y'all can receive the Holy Ghost. They had already believed in Jesus Christ. They've been did that. They've been did that. They already said, I received Jesus Christ into my heart. They already said that. And yet they still didn't have the Holy Ghost. And yet they still weren't baptized in Jesus name. So I know so many people out there are saying, I've already been baptized, but how were you baptized? Was it the way that Paul baptized? Was it the way that Peter baptized in Acts 2.38, saying, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Was it that way? 
or was it a way that someone who's not carrying the message was it the way that they baptize you? So that's what I want you to consider tonight. Go back, question it. Say, I wonder how I was baptized. Go back and find your preacher. The one that baptized you. Ask him what he said when he baptized you. And compare it and see if that's what the people in scripture did. Because Paul said, we all got to follow the same rules. I'm not going to be uh, allowed to come in if I don't follow exactly the way God said do it. It's important. I know a lot of people have told me the way you baptize ain't even important. It seemed like it was important to Paul. It had to be important to Paul. He, he re-baptized people. They already confessed that they believed in Jesus. He, would, he wasn't there telling them, hey, you heard of Jesus Christ before? They already heard of Jesus. John, they knew the baptism of John. And John was telling people, hey, Jesus Christ is coming after me. There's someone uh, mightier than I coming. They've heard about this man that was crucified and rose again. They heard about that. So, we, we must go back and look at our baptism. Look at how we receive the Holy Ghost. And if we're not sure, we need to find out. We need to question, ask questions. That's what, that's what we're here for. We have a um, comment. Well, we have a few comments, um, but um, and I apologize if I mispronounce your name. Is it Anaya? Anaya says, I haven't been baptized yet, and I'm 31. I've always wanted to, but opportunities never felt right. This is the chance now. This is your opportunity to learn what it's all about, to learn how it should be done before you have it done, because God, he's going to make a way. See, if you go and read about... Um, um, I'm losing the man's name. Uh, Lord, help me. Philip. If you go and read about Philip, he was talking to the Enoch, the African man, and Philip told him about the baptism in Jesus' name. And it just so happened that they stumbled upon water. He said, look, see, here is water. What's stopping me from being baptized? God's going to make a way. As long as you're willing to be obedient, it's no coincidence that we're talking about this and you said I've never been baptized. It's no coincidence. Continue. Stay tuned. Find out why we need to do this. Find out how we need to do this because it doesn't matter if I run and get baptized 10 times. If I do it the wrong way, it don't matter. There's people... There's a lot of people out there that have been baptized and yet they have not been baptized. They got to do it over again because the one that they did, it didn't count. Let's get the book of Ephesians. Chapter 4. I can get my app to load up. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one baptism. But if you do some studying in it today, 
There's only one true way to be baptized. Now, this is the message of God. There's only one way to be baptized because the scripture just told us. It's only one. And yet, you can get baptized any and every which way you want to today. They can rub some water on your head, rub it on your back, rub it on your pinky. They do all kinds of stuff for you. They'll dip you in there. They'll pick, pick your baby up, dip them in there three times, throw them in there upside down, slap them on the back. They do all kinds of stuff today. They say Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I mean, the devil has really divided God's people. It's only one Lord. It's only one faith. But every church you go to, they got a different faith. Every person you talk to, they say, well, this is just what I believe. That's their faith. That don't mean it's the true one. That don't mean it's going to be accepted by God. That's just what they believe. I can say I, I don't believe coronavirus is real. I can say I don't believe anybody's sick. That don't make it true. That's not true at all. We, we see people being affected. So, we have to find out what is the true way that God wants us to do things. And then, after we find out, we must obey it. Because it means nothing if we don't obey God. It means nothing. Because I, I've seen people, we can read the scripture and we see something clearly goes against what we were taught. But because we love our denomination so much, people say, well, I, I'm just not going to do it because I've already sworn to be, <laughs> I've sworn to be non-denominational for life. Friend, don't let that take you to hell. Jesus didn't say I came here for the non-denomination faith. He didn't say that. He came here to give us his one faith. And it's up to us to decide if we're going to follow that or we're going to decide to follow our denomination. So if my denomination is not going to teach me what I find in scripture, if they're going to go against it, I got to get rid of that. Because the Lord said, look, it's better to enter into life with one eye than to go to hell with two. So we must be willing to cut off. That was the first thing that I realized when God first called me to be a minister. I said, look, I'm not going to this church that my parents go to. If I find out that what they're teaching is against God, I'm not doing it. So the more knowledge that we gain of God, we must be willing to change because that's what we saw Apollos do. He was humble enough. He, he recognized, I have not been following the full truth. I must be baptized in Jesus' name. And so, let, let's pick up Acts 2.38. And Anaya says, I follow Jehovah Witness faith. I used to go to a non-denominational church, Parker Hill. Amen. 
We're going to pick up Acts 238 here. Because we know that Peter was the one that, that Jesus put in charge of the church. The church, the first church, we know Jesus put Peter in charge. And so I want to find out what Peter told us to do. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned with uh, <laughs> what New Prospect told me to do. I, I'm not concerned with that. I don't care that they they uh, first Baptist that they're they're uh, first Methodist, uh, first Pentecostal. I'm not concerned with that. Let's look at what Peter said, and then we'll follow it. All right. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I don't see Peter saying anything that Paul didn't say. Paul. After he found out, he found out that these people were baptized by John and they did not get baptized in the name of Jesus. He baptized them in the name of Jesus. We come over to Acts 2.38 and we find Peter. He tell, now, now, this is the person that, that has been with Jesus for three and a half years, been taught with Jesus, slept with him. Walked on water, seen Jesus raised from the dead. He's seen miracles that we never have seen and some of them we never will see. Or some of them we may never hear about because the Bible tells us there's so many things that he did they couldn't even put it in this book. It was too much. We have enough to be saved off of. So Peter says we need, he said, repent and be baptized Every one of you. He didn't say some of y'all get baptized. He didn't say some of y'all change. He said all of you. Th that includes the Methodists. That includes the Baptists. That includes the non-denominated. It, it includes every group around the world. So if my group is against this, I have a, de a decision to make. Will I hold on to my group and be lost? Or will I hold on to the words of God? Peter here says, be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Same thing Paul said. Same thing Philip said when he went down to Samaria. This is the true preacher, the, the true messengers. There's a whole lot of other messengers out there telling you, you don't have to do this. They didn't, God said he didn't send them. So, Peter says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Drop down to verse 40 so Peter can tell us why we need to do this. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. This is how you can save yourself. If you don't do this, friend, I'm happy to tell you, you can't be saved. If we don't do this, because God told us to, not because I told you to, God said this. He told us we must be baptized in Jesus' name. We got to do it. So this is the opportunity. This is the chance that we have. This is our chance. After finding out these words, what will we do? Will we listen? He told us, and we didn't cover it, but he told us in verse 38 what this baptism is for. 
Read, read verse 38 again for us, Mel. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Baptism is to remove your sin. That's what he told us. He told us plainly, Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for. He, t he tells us plainly what it's for. It doesn't take any breaking down. Uh, any Roman letters, any Greek Greek letters, Greek mythology, it, it don't take any of that. He says baptism is for the remission, the removal, the forgiveness of your sins. So how can your sins be forgiven at the end of our lives if we don't do this? Because these are the words of God. This is what God told us to do. Peter didn't get out there teaching stuff that Jesus never told them to teach. He didn't do that. So, this is what God wants us to know. This is a decision that we have to make. We must decide, will we be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Because this is important. We see Paul do it. We see Peter do it. We can sit here all night. I'll show you some more people that believed in it. It's all through the scripture. And so it's, it's on us to make a decision. What will you do? Will we continue listening to preachers running without a message? Or will we listen to the true words of God? Because it's right here. It's right in front of us. And this day is going to be recorded. God is making sure that everyone has a chance to hear it, that they must do this. I want to get one more verse. <laughs> uh, let's go to John chapter 3. I want to pick up verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, he must be born again. Sometimes when I tell people this, they marvel. They get, they get surprised. They get hurt. But Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You got to do this. There is no if, ands, buts about it. Because Jesus himself said it. He said, you must be born again. Drop back up to verse 5, Melvin, if you will. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If we are not water baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Spirit of God, he said we cannot enter. We cannot. Peter understood that. Notice what he said in Acts 2.38. He said, look, water Jesus' name, Spirit, receive the Holy Ghost. He told him the same two things. The same two things. Paul, when we seen him go down to Ephesus, he said, look, have y'all received the Spirit? They said, no, we hadn't. He said, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? They said, no, sir, we haven't. He said, you got to do it. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must. If you truly want to be saved, if you are sincere, about God. These are things he said you must do. 
Don't let anybody tell you otherwise because tonight, the true messenger of the king, I'm here to tell you we must because God says so. It has nothing to do with Tony. I don't make up his rules. I just have to spread them. That's all my job is to tell people. So I won't prolong it tonight. We went, we went a little longer than we normally do. <laughs> we went a little longer, but I'm praying that someone would take heed to God's call uh, because these things are important. They're extremely important. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it back over to Melvin. <laughs> and as I always say, I don't have much to say, um, but if um, a nice you or anybody else have any questions, definitely feel free to ask whenever, whenever, or any comments or concerns. If you want us to go uh, devote a whole video into a question that you have, we're definitely more than happy to. <laughs> but um, earlier we were talking about how there are so many different faiths and there is supposed to be only one and we should only follow the same thing. I remember I was listening to a pastor and he said when he was really little, and of course, you're not going to know at the age that he was, like the full truth of God. Um, you probably won't comprehend it at that young age. But what he did notice was that his aunt went to one church. His dad went to one church. His cousin went to another church. And they were all saying different things. And you know, that um, that sparked his curiosity. Why, why, why can we all go to the same place? They, they all say that we worship the same God. Why are, why is one person saying one thing, this is what you have to do to be saved, and then you go to another church next Sunday, you visit your cousin, and then the pastor there say, this is what you must do to be saved, and they're both saying that God told them these things, and, and he said, he asked, um, I believe it was his aunt, and she said, it's just like going to Chicago, <laughs> you go your way, they go their way, and I go my way, I'm going to drive. The other person, they're going to take a boat. And another person, they're going to take a plane. They're going to fly there. But we all going to end up in Chicago. <laughs> and it's sad. Because that's what we think getting into heaven is. We, I'm going to go my way. You go your way. And the other person, they're going to go their way. We all worship the same God. So we'll all end up in heaven together. So if we all worship the same God, why is he not telling us all the same things? Why would he be telling us something different? So we just read in Ephesians 4 and 5 that there's only one Lord and only one faith and only one way to be baptized. And that's in Jesus' name. And it's not the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's not sprinkling. Because <laughs> a lot, even the majority of Christians, or those of us who, tr who claim Christianity, don't believe that baptism is necessary. And of that subset of Christians that actually do believe in necessary, the majority of them believe that our oh, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is the correct way. So it's only a few that are going to believe the truth. Everybody's going to hear it because God is going to um, give everybody a chance to hear the full truth, but only a few will believe. I'm reminded of a scripture as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Because Noah preached it for over a hundred years and only seven other people believed him. Nobody has ever heard of rain, so they called the man crazy. 
just like some of the stuff that um, Tony says. A lot of people have never heard of that. <laughs> so they won't believe it. And they'll be they'll end up just like the people was the people were in the days of Noah when the doors of the ark closed. That see that's what the church is today. And that's what the true preacher, the true God sent preacher, is trying to warn people of. Something's coming. Something's going to happen. Get into the church, get into the mer the metaphorical ark before it's too late. Because once the doors close, and it, people are going to try to get in, they're going to be knocking. Just I, I'm assuming, I'm guessing that that's how people was back in the day of Noah. When it started raining, they say, oh, we believe you now, Noah, now that we see it. And that's, I've said it so many times before, a lot of people say that I need to see it to believe it. And that is backwards. You need to believe it to see it. We have to come to God as a little child. Humble ourselves. Like Apollos did say, man, I've been teaching this wrong. Let me first do it myself. And then I'm going to tell the people about it. I'm going to tell them the correct way to do it. I was watching a video a while ago about a, a preacher that um, was preaching the baptism in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And another preacher was teaching the baptism in Jesus name. And they had a long plane ride. And the, um, and the, preach, and the preacher that believed in Jesus name baptism had told him and told him, look, this this is right. And the end of the flight, the um the other preacher said, Look, man, you're right. I won't preach this baptism in Father, Son, Holy Ghost any longer to my congregation. I'm gonna teach them the the baptism in Jesus' name. He humbled himself. Even Jesus humbled himself. He was rich and he made himself poor. Because everything that he told us we have to do, he had to do himself because he was a man. God was in him. He was a man. So he had to get baptized. He had to get back to heaven. Got the Holy Ghost. And he fasted and prayed as an example for how we should do it. But um, that's all I have to say. Um, we thank you guys for tuning in with us for a while. We're going on an hour and a half. But um, that's, time is never a concern when it comes to dealing with the people of God or whoever is interested in learning about it. So I see that we don't have any questions. So uh, thank you, Sister Betty, um, Tasha, and Anias for the questions and um, the concerns and the amens and the wake me up, Lord. And that's what this earth, this world definitely needs to be woken up out of their sleep. For it is everlasting too late so um again thank you for tuning in this is week 61 uh we keep on rolling and so we're gonna wrap it up there and as i always like to say rejoice in the lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies count it all joy count it all joy there is joy in the midst of every storm so we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of god and we pray to see you there thank you for listening to our weekly bible study podcast my name is melvin corners here along with minister tony banks who brings the word every week you can catch these bible studies live on facebook every thursday evening at 6 30 p.m central standard time you should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic rejoice in the lord always Thank you.